Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion Network's hub of all things Marvel. Here's all about everything MCU and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Better Ray Bill and Zarko the Tomorrow Man. My name is Ashley Hillbley. Joining me this episode, the ultimate Kieran Marchant. You know what? I'm, I'm starting to get more and more, as the show first, as the show goes on, I'm getting more and more impressed by the names you're pulling out of this. But I'm also excited to see when you start running out or struggling for them. No, Marvel's got a deep, deep well of random people <laughs> to pull from. Uh, also joining us, astonishing Dylan Blyant. Yeah, I was gonna. I for some reason it was only this episode where I, it clicked for me as well. Where I'm like, are you just like have a website where you're rolling advice for characters? Or <laughs> it's a website the, called. Uh, no, Wik- don't don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> this, is all, this is all general knowledge. Uh, uh, so if you didn't clue in this, this is episode, off the head, really, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, if you haven't clued in yet, this week we're talking about Thor. I have sacrificed much to achieve peace. For, through your arrogance and stupidity, you have opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and devastation of war. You are a vain, greedy, cruel boy. And you are an old man and a fool! You're unworthy! Father. I cast you out! Please open your eyes. Where did it come from? Uh, released 2011, directed by Kenneth Branagh, written by Ashley Edward Miller, Zach Steins. Don Payne with a story by J. Michael Draczynski and Mark Protosvich, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Colm Farroy, uh, Ray Stevenson, Idris Elba, Kat Dennings, Renee Russo, and Anthony Hopkins. The powerful but arrogant god Thor is cast out of Asgard to live amongst humans in Midgard, where he soon becomes one of their finest defenders. Uh, Dylan, what did you think of Thor on this rewatch? Um, I didn't like it as much as I remember liking it last time I watched it, but I still think it was, I I think the thing that stands out most from this movie is its presentation of Asgard, I guess, like the, the world and the way they, they create that in this film, this kind of hybrid of both the, you know, the folklore and, uh, like giving that mythic uh, galaxy like space quality to it, I guess, which carries forth into the future films. I think the, the other thing that kind of just annoys me about this movie on this rewatch is just, I don't, can someone explain to me why Kenneth Branagh decided to film so many shots on weird angles? And it was just standing out to me <laughs> and annoying me in this film. I'm like, why is the camera on a 45 degree angle because it doesn't happen once it doesn't happen twice it happens three four five times like there's all these weird shots of just shit on the side and i'm like is this supposed to represent because like it's, it's because thor's, like there's something wrong thor's off off, been, balance. off balance yeah i'm like is there spiritually something? i'm s- <laughs> yeah I yeah i'm like but i don't know it just began to uh, annoy a little bit um otherwise 
the I mean it's it's fine. Like I just like the the, the key things that stand out is Chris Hemsworth makes a great Thor. Um, the core cast of um the human characters you want to call them that i guess like earthings yeah earthing earthing guardians um they're all great yeah what mid guardians earth guardians you say earth guardians mid guardians oh no 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 the 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 mid guardians are fine in this movie i don't think that i think they're actually the mid guardians are better in the sequel and they're one of the better parts of the movie see the people on earth and all die but earth is midgard earth is midgard asgard is asgard (laughs) Oh, so fuck. I mean, mid guardians. Um, <laughs> it's not as funny when you have to explain. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Very much so. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's fine. I, I think the final act, the final action scene, like the fight against the destroyer, and then uh, when they return to Asgard and they have the, I guess, if you want to call the fight between Loki and. Thor, I didn't, I didn't think any of that was particularly exciting, especially the destroyer fight. It's just not doesn't. It's not very thrilling. It's kind of like a bunch of people get thrown around, and Thor just comes and saves the game, which I guess is the point, but doesn't seem super impactful. But uh, the thing I enjoy most about this movie, and I kind of wish there was just more of it, which is just Thor on Earth learning about things which is the i remember when the movie came out of course the number one meme was just the the coffee like what is this i will get more of it smashes the the, the coffee cup on the ground. like i remember that being the the number one most loved part when this came out so like i kind of wish the movie had more of just for exploring earth and learning to to be enough because in reality the, when he accepts that he's stuck there you only have like that morning before the Asgardians turn up and then it's like, okay, like back to action. I kind of wish there had been more time of him just being that kind of accepting his fate version of Thor that we were getting. We don't really get enough of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Kieran, what do you think about Thor? I am... I'm in two minds about this movie because I think one, it's actually one side is it's it's almost very. I don't know if I want to use the word daring, but it's also it's it's very kind of um, interesting that they decided to go the whole mythological kind of route with Thor and have the full kind of Asgard and in, in, like kind of bringing in Nilfgaard and and all of the other kind of Norse mythology around it. Where because the obvious the other obvious choice is you go down like the the Donald Blake kind of route, whereas Donald Blake has an alter ego that is Thor. Um, that that could have been a, a maybe a bit of an easier thing to deal with in that kind of time period. Where okay, Iron Man is very kind of the, both Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk for the MCU so far have all been very grounded in reality, very. Um, like you look at it and be like, that's possible. Like that's that's you know in a one timeline or another, that's that's somewhat possible. Whereas this kind of goes off the deep end a little bit in terms of oh, we're bringing in so much mythological stuff. There is um, that we're bringing the law heavy, and I guess for some people that could be a very much a turn off. Um, I think Anthony Hopkins is fantastic as Odin, and every time he plays Odin, I, I'm in love with him. I, well, I love him as an actor in general, but I think he does a very good job in this, and I think his um, interactions with both Thor and Loki kind of really help this movie. Um, I always find something really weird about Chris Hemsworth and his look as Thor in this movie, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's almost too blonde, or it's just because he just wasn't... 
quote unquote settled in the Thor role just yet. I, I don't know what that is um, for me. Um, the thing that annoys me the most about this movie is the ending of this movie is actually absolutely like just meaningless because pretty much the entire um, start end of this movie gets explained away or retconned by the first half an hour of Avengers um, because they end this movie with Thor breaking the um, rainbow bridge and everything and then being like oh, I don't know how Thor's ever going to get down there again. I don't know how ever. And then by the start of Avengers, all of a sudden, Thor is able to come back to Midgar. Just straight up. And they don't really explain it too much or try and go into too much detail. Um, Same with Loki being kind of floating off into space. All of a sudden, at the start of Avengers, Loki's completely fine. They're just like, yeah, he's good. So I can't remember the answer to all these things. And it's one of the things that stood out to me at the end of the movie was I kind of forgot the whole... Like, oh, the bridge is broken and he can't get back to Midgard. Yep. And I was like, well, I completely forgot that was a, a, a plot point. Um, and I can't even remember how they explain it. But I think for the Loki thing, don't they at least for Avengers explain that he lands next, like, lands next to the, um, what the fuck, I'm meant to blank out their name. Like, the he lands near the, whatever the bad guys are. Like, the, the, is that I, how I he believe so, like the, or whatever. Chitari, yeah. Yeah. yeah I Chitari. believe so, but at the same time, it, it still makes the ending of this movie somewhat meaningless or doesn't feel like this any movie really has any weight because anything with it just kind of gets blown away some way or another um it's uh yeah it's it's very it's very interesting i think you know there's good points i feel really bad for the actor that plays one of the warriors three that just gets replaced by zachary levi in the next movie um <laughs> no he, he had other commitments from memory did he really? Oh, From memory, was... the story is Zachary Levi was up for the role, but got couldn't do it because it was in Chuck. Right. And then okay. I think who was it? Dallas, Josh Dallas, I believe, got a role on Once Upon a Time, the TV series, and then couldn't do the next one. Which, right. in hindsight, okay, so might have been fortunate. Came back, and then for the third, then for Ragnarok, he yep. isn't there at all because he. Well, part he's of in there DC. very quickly. Yes, um, he's, he's in um, there very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's um, there's a lot funny. of that think, amongst the the, the side characters. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's good. I think. Yeah, overall, it's manageable. I think. Um, I always forget that Jeremy Renner is actually in this movie. I always think I'm always like, do they just show a shadowy figure and say that's Hawkeye? But you do see it's they Jeremy Renner. Like, yeah. They yeah, say yeah. he says, "Hey, Barton." Yeah, no, no, no. I know it's Hawkeye. I just didn't know if it was actually uh, Renner as the character or not. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Um, but this movie actually makes me look back, and I think you mentioned it last week with Iron Man 2, with the senator being Hydra. It's really interesting across all these movies so far, you see individual characters that you know are Hydra, and you're like, huh, that's really interesting that that's being set up so far. And even just like, um, if we go all the way back to Iron Man 1, there's the character that then plays a part in Spider-Man Far From Home that is the same actor. Um I think that kind of dedication to continuity and for Marvel, I think, really helps these movies really mean a lot more when you go back and watch them again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoy this one, obviously. I really enjoy Chris Hemsworth. I think he does a great Thor. I like Loki, even though, you know, he's a wormy, lying piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, like Dylan said, I, I think I would have liked it more if it was there was more of the stuff on Earth. Um, I feel like the Shield stuff uh, over 
shadows a lot of the stuff on Earth. Like, maybe if they hadn't been so involved, uh, again, it's just, like, another piece, putting together the pieces to get Avengers together. Um, it feels a little bit heavy-handed. Uh, although there's some good laughs and moments from the, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, super enjoyable. Uh, I like the opening fight scene on Houston. No, but it's Jotunheim. Oh, Jotunheim. Yeah. Sorry, the Jotuns. Yeah. The Jotuns, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good time. Uh, I think interesting, good tone. And yeah, one of the, the first time they took such a bold choice with a comic book. I mean, it's pretty simple to do. It's a guy in an iron suit. That's believable. It's the Incredible Hulk. You've seen his series back in the day. You all understand it. But to do Thor... And we like introduced North mythology to superheroes and that kind of thing. I think it was a pretty bold choice and obviously paid off. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's get into building the MCU. Obviously, we've got Chris Hemsworth as Thor, who debuted in Journey to Mystery '83 from August 1962, created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Uh, I think we can all agree, Chris Hemsworth, great Thor. <laughs> Yeah, this I think as the actual character itself, he's very good already at it. Yeah, I feel he has a maybe his arc is a little bit too quick. You know, he goes from being unworthy to worthy like in an hour. But I mean, that's just the in a like structure what? of the time. Yeah, two Earth days. Two Earth days. <laughs> yeah, all he has to do is like put his life on the line, and then he's worthy again. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's put his life on the line before, but you know. Uh, then we've got Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, uh, debuted in Journey to Mystery '84, September 1962, created by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Uh, interesting. This is the first time I've seen her in like in this role in a long time. Um, obviously, she's fine. She obviously has she has some pretty good chemistry with Jack Chris Hensworth and she has a little bit of comedic moments and that kind of stuff, but yeah. It's I don't think there was too much to the character, unfortunately. I um I think she's like the character's kind of wasted because she's introduced as this super smart scientist lady, and they could have taken that character in a lot of interesting directions going forward in the franchise by having her play a super smart scientist person. Uh, instead, as, as you know, they, by the end of this movie and in the future ones, it's just devoid to the love interest. And that's where they, they kind of fail the character because the best parts of her in this movie aren't, in my opinion, her next to Chris Hemsworth. It's her when she's like freaking out over having all her research stolen or, you know, like having, having jokes with, um, Whatever I can't remember back to name. Who who plays the older guy? Like when when she's talking to him about, you know, Someone's like oh this guy. means this or like um yeah and he's like oh you know this is silly why would you believe in this and you know she's like well you know everything's magic is just science unproven and all this sort of stuff she like she's so signs of a really interesting character I just I think by the end of the movie they don't really set her up to go anywhere and they they fail to do anything in the future movies with her I don't think it's her fault as an actress though no. Uh, then we have Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston, debuted in Journey to Mystery 84, October 1962, created by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Uh, he might have the most full arc, I think. 
like full on discovering his movie, secret origins. In this movie, and, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's weird though, because it, well, not weird, but it never really fulfills him finding out his origins because then he does like the double turn where he betrays both his birth father and like trying to try and come out as the hero of Asgard which you know what I wish they had let that play out a little bit more than um Thor just coming back and be like yeah nah you, you're lying you're kind of instantly I think it's um that would yeah. have actually made it a lot more interesting for Loki's storyline overall I think well, having like it happen Odin actually makes- being appreciative for a second I think having it happen in this movie makes it funnier in the future one where he walks straight in and knows that like he's pulled one over on everyone. Yeah. In, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Heimdall, played by Idris Elba, debuted in Journey to Into Mystery, eighty four, October nineteen sixty two, created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Uh, is this a good use of Idris Elba? <laughs> yes. Uh- I think so. I really like it. Well, for Idris at this point isn't current day Idris Elba. Yeah, Like, he true. doesn't quite have the same kind of caliber of acting behind him just yet. Like, he's building. So I think at this point, this is... I think he does a really good role. I think because it's Idris Elba, the role does evolve further in the next two movies. Um, very suitably, indeed. But I still like um, Heimdall in this movie a lot, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Idris Elba fan. I, I like him fine in this movie, just playing the more stoic. Like, he does a really good job at, as Heimdall, just as the, you know, he's yeah. the, the badass. He's got a very dry who, sense of humor as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of like him more in the future movies where he gets a little bit more to do with, but this is fine. I guess, I, like, can't, but the other thing is that I feel like in regards to him not being the Idris Elba that everyone knows him, I guess that depends what you're watching. Like, I... I was already in Idris Elba coming into this because I watched a lot of, like, British... If you watch uh, Luther like, and stuff, yeah. Well, definitely. yeah, like, you know, The Wire, and um, he was in, like, Rock and Roller. He was one of the main characters in Guy Rich's Rock and Roller and stuff, and that came out shortly before this, I think, so... Cool. Yeah. Uh, then we have Anthony Hopkins as Odin, who debuted in Journey to Mystery 86, November 1962, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. I mean... It's Anthony Hopkins. What else can you? Yeah, it's Anthony Hopkins saying lines, um, and he's Anthony Hopkins. So you say that like that's all a bad thing, Dylan. No, I mean it's just no, it's just that's like Anthony Hopkins (laughs) is such a caliber actor that you can have him say the worst script in the world, and it would still probably come out pretty pretty good because it's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't get a lot to do in this film. but, you know, he has he, enough, he's, he's got enough and he d- does a good job when he does. Well, he's the man that won an Oscar for what? Like 18 minutes of screen time or some shit? Like, That's I true. think it's even less than that. I think it's 12. But yeah, he, he doesn't need much. He, he doesn't need much. Yeah. Speaking of people who didn't get much screen time, we have Rene Russo as Frigga, uh, who debuted in Journey into Mystery 92, May 1963, created by Stan Lee, Rob Bernstein, and Joe Sinnott. Uh, I don't think she has a line in this until the very end of the film. Yeah, I, that was one of the things that stood out in this rewatch, just how much they sidelined the, the mother-son relationship in this movie. Which like is funny just, seeing as it's so 
important in the future ones. Yeah. In uh, the next one. Especially in like Endgame, next one and then Endgame, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's why it stands out so much, just rewatching it too, where you're like, this is weird how sidelined it is. Like, I, and so it's obviously done purposely to a degree because obviously the relationship is everyone like it's it's very much about this whole father son relationship and wanting to live up to um, Odin and being this king and you know all this sort of stuff. But then it's just hilarious how much you know like isn't she? They, they never really answer the movie. Never really delves into like, well, is she not queen? Is there only just a king? And then like she's queen, but she's not. Like is she not serving? So that. You know what I mean? They ne- they never really dive into answering. Yeah. Okay, so if four takes over, does that mean she's forcibly stepped down from queen? Or <laughs> like, she would just become the queen. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know yeah, enough don't about monarchies so, over here. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, group the next cut few together. We've got the Warriors three, who is Fandril, played by Josh Dallas, Hogan, played by Tabanobu Asano, and Volstagg, played by Reese Stevenson. They debuted in Journey to Mystery 119. August 1965, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. And then we have Sif, played by Jamie Alexander, who debuted in Journey into Mystery 102, March 1964, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, how, how do we feel about this crew of friends? I've always been a fan of Sif, but the other three, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm like, whatever. They're, they're just more, especially, um, what is it, Volstagg, whatever his Volstagg, name is. Volstagg, yep. Yeah, obviously falls into just like kind of the stereotypical sort of Viking character thing and the other two never really stood out to me whereas I feel like Civ is purposely well Civ is separate yeah well, I feel like she's yeah. purposely given a lot more she's given more moments than anyone else and like shows a lot more character and she, she kind of stands out yeah I There's, like them um, <laughs> yeah I think they um, do their I job I think more than anything else very much. I think I've always had a soft spot for Ray Stevenson whenever he's in um, roles in general, especially features in a lot of English stuff. Um, so I, I enjoy his roles in The Warriors 3. Um, if, we, if we're talking about Sif here, Sif is one of my bigger disappointments in terms of character development for the, um, the MCU in general because she's yeah. used really poorly. Um, I think Sif has. There could be potentially really interesting storylines with her relationship with Thor and everything, um, as well as just as a solo character. She turns up randomly in Agents of Shield at a couple times, but it's done really poorly, and she's just this really odd character to be featured. They do they use her as more of a whoa Asgardian in Midgard. What are she we was doing? the actress willing to that was big yes. enough to be recognizable but also willing to come do some tv work for a yes. yeah. willingly uh with a pay cut but yeah she's the smallest star easily uh but yeah yeah she d- obviously we'll get into it as we go along but yes if gets the short shift whatever uh next up we got eric selvig <laughs> played by stellan skarsgård created for thor I really enjoy him, especially his uh, his drinking with Thor. Yeah, great scene, great great shot. You know, yeah, the the way he smirks before he dumps him on the bed or whatever it is. Like he, yeah. No, even when they t- they've got those massive <laughs> steins, the boy they oh, start yeah, drinking just, the, the boy makers and yeah. they start drinking and then they both look at each other, so the yeah. other one's not stopping. Yeah, great. I always enjoy him in anything he's in. I feel like so. It's the same here. 
Yep. Uh, and he'll be. We'll see more of him going forward. And uh, important character going forward. Weirdly, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we've also got Darcy Lewis created for Thor, played by Kat Dennings. Uh, obviously, pretty much just the comic relief and another female character, uh, essentially. But I am keen to see her show up in WandaVision coming forward. Finally. I enjoy Kat Dennings. I think she yeah. is fun in anything she's usually in. Um, I think that Two Broke Girls show is pretty shit, but whenever I had to watch it because it was on the background, I always enjoyed it because she was uh, enjoyable to watch. She's and The same said for this. She's just... She's fun on screen presence. So I'm I, I too am hoping she has some cool scenes in her return. Cool. Uh and then finally oh no, finally, we got a couple more. Uh Jasper Sitwell, played by Maximilano Hernandez, debuted in Strange Tales 114, May nineteen sixty six, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, another shield agent, so at least we're getting a few uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who run through until S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to an end. You see the bold one, yeah? Yes. Yes, okay. I'm just double-checking because I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's Baldy Glasses. Bad yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't have picked him to be a bad guy at the start, though. You know? No, like no, this is... Standard this is, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, agent. Previous, this is ongoing knowledge from, yeah, watching the other ones from this time, but yeah. All right, and finally, Clinton Barton, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, uh, debuted in Tales of Suspense 57, September 1964, created by Stanley and Don Heck. Man, this was shooed in, shooed in super hard. I don't mind it. I think it's fine. Personally, I need somebody I, with I, a big gun up high. I, I think the, the, the lines that they use and like the fact they do the close-up of him like swapping between a gun to go to the, the bow and arrows is kind of corny. But I think the fact that he's here is not out of the question. Like, I, I, like at this time, they've got Black Widow, they've got Hawkeye. The, like they're the two big names they've got, right, that they've been working with S.H.I.E.L.D. So for, 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 for Barton to be there on security on shield's biggest fine like this massive site and helping security i think that makes sense well, like he, he would be going there. off as well going off at the same time this is happening at the same time as i meant too yeah exactly so so, it, so it'd be one or the other the two, yeah and since that black widow is not there to have him there they're of a big special op like that that's fine i don't think he feels super forced i just think the white like the lines and stuff in his introduction are a bit corny though yeah um, and as for as for Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, I think Hawkeye is exactly the same in every movie that he appears in, which is he's very much the guy who shoots bows and arrows, has a bow and arrow. Yeah, like he's he's, he's, different. he's, I feel like, I feel he's like that he guy. <laughs> he changes up a bit at Endgame, but he's yeah, he, not he does. Well, I mean, like he, Jeremy fine. Jeremy Renner does fine with the role. I I, yeah. I think he's just. It's just never they don't give him be, a lot to he, go with. No, he was never going to lead a movie, and uh, but, I guess know. see how his TV show goes. That's why he's getting a Disney Plus show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see if that ever plays out. Uh, let's touch on this week's Stan Lee sighting. He plays the man driving the pickup truck trying to move Milnia. Milnia. Yeah, that was Milnia. a great cameo. Milnia. Milnia. You know? Milnia. Milnia. <laughs> 
and he rips the truck the bed off the truck. I don't know how realistic that actually is. No, that actually it depends on where the tow bar is attached to, but. Yeah, if the tow bar is na- attached you to the YouTube that shit out. Oh no, because it was some reason it was it wasn't actually tied into a tow bar, it was tied into the middle of the tray. So yes, it is legit. Because oh, yeah, you see where the rope sense, is tied. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not tied on the chassis or anything. Great cameo. I think it's one of, this is where they start getting better. They're like, the hey, cameras. we can make it we can give him lines and make him funny. Yeah, just working into the actual scene instead of having it like a, a forced cameo type thing. Yeah, make it pretending it's somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Which works better. Especially as we go ahead and we get into the whole, is uh, st- they when we get to Guardians of the Galaxy, they're like Stanley was the Watchers, the Watchers. Yeah. So. And that's been your Stanley signing for this week. Uh, let's move on to the most marvelous moment. Dylan, what's the most marvelous moment of Thor? Um. Yeah, I'm going to say if I'm going to again, I'm just going to pick a big load and just say that from the drinking scene up until that's got in shop. Yeah. Is that okay? Is that loud? Is that, is that, yeah, yeah, that, that's my favorite part of the movie. Just the, all right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're the God of thunder, but you yeah. should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kieran, what's your f- most marvelous moment? Um, I really enjoy the scene where Thor gets exiled, just because of uh, Hopkins's performance in that moment. I think um, the section where he is whispering to Mjolnir the um, the most famous line about this: "Who has, who is worthy to um, hold Mjolnir will um, have the power of Thor." I think that's a fantastic moment. And when it flashes back to that scene, back to that moment when he's becoming worthy enough. Um, is done really well, and I, and I really enjoy it. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the fight on your own time when we get to see four let loose, un, 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 uh, hindered, not showing any restraint, just taking out frost giants, and then going through that massive monster's head. A lot of fun. <laughs> Went through through his head, through his throat, but. No blood, everyone. There was not no blood. Well, blood. that monster didn't have any blood. Bloodless monster. Oh, Poggers. Very fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move on to this week's comics recommendation. I picked Thor: Ages of Thunder, uh, which is a collection of a number of sh- one shots, including Thor's Age of Thunder, Thor: Reign of Blood, Thor: Man of War, and Thor: God Size Special. Uh, started in June 2008, written by Matt Fraction, penciled by Zach Zerka. Uh, so these are a sh- series of like short stories, pretty much, um, telling, retelling uh, Norse mythology kind of stories, that kind of thing involving the cast of Thor, and pretty much set before uh, Thor gets banished. Um, so we didn't quite finish this one. Uh, life got in the way. Uh, but uh, I read the first one, uh, really interesting, uh, kind of setting up Enchantress very much as yeah. a character who has grievance with the Asgardians because twice they try to give her away <laughs> to Frost Giants, which I found quite amusing <laughs> and sad. Uh, yeah, so I, I got like halfway through the whole thing. So the whole run is really a lot to do with, I guess, the more... Um, 
mythical side of of thoughts like it's it's not really it doesn't have any earth dealing stuff and it's also very, very much written from that point of view of the asgardians being this like proper like throwback viking st- type stuff like with thor's like sleeping with several women and like they're having these major banquets and they're like every odin's a dick thor's a dick loki's a mischievous dick um they're all kind of assholes to a, <laughs> to a degree <laughs> yeah. um and thor goes off and like you know he's like a takes the head off a frost giant and it's like clean up my mess loki like later in a but it's like very gory i guess for a marvel comic to a degree but um it's fu- it's it's fun from that like point of view i'm i'm, I'm going to finish it up i'm don't know where like i don't exactly know where it's f- fully heading at this point because it's just a bunch this collection is a bunch of one shots i'm not sure like if the, if just the connecting factor for this run is just the mythical side of thor or what thor, or yeah. what have you but yeah um the writing's fun because it is written with that sort of um ye old flair if you want to yeah put it that, like <laughs> ye old flair yeah with <laughs> <laughs> that yeah yeah i enjoyed it karen did you read much no you i didn't get one. to this one sadly so no these are on my because i do enjoy north mythology and mythology in general so um i will begin to these probably after this we finish recording Alright. If you've got your comic recommendations for Thor, or you want to tell us what you thought of the film, you can let us know on Twitter. You can find all of our Twitters at explosionair.com slash Twitter. Uh, on the next episode of our Marvel Rewatch, we'll be discussing Captain America, the first Avenger. So make sure you watch that, and join us next time for another all-new Marvel cast. Thank you.